Welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. This is episode number 59, and I'm your host, Diane Emerson. I'm the author of the book, Psychopaths in Our Lives, My Interviews, which is available on Amazon. The, the, the paperback's only available on Amazon, but it's available on iTunes and other locations. So anyway, so thank you for all of your kind emails. I am rallying back. It was kind of a tough hit this time. So it actually, you know, you can look at things two ways. I, I'm more of a half full kind of a person. So it gave me a lot of time to think about things. And one thing that I'd like to talk about is um, depression, and um, which is a symptom that really anybody with PTSD, anywhere near a psychopath will have. And one thing that is uh, about depression, it could be something in your system. And so I, I put some new links down below and I titled it, Are You Low in D3? And there's been some really interesting studies in the last few years. And what they do know is that three quarters of U.S. teens and adults are deficient in vitamin D. Vitamin D is what they call the sunshine vitamin. And those deficits are increasingly blamed for everything from cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and depression. And it's interesting because, you know, people are obviously spending more time indoors. But because of the link with D3 and depression, I wanted to bring these links to your attention and just take a listen to them. Um, They're done by two different doctors, and these are medical doctors, and they do are, are finding out a lot about it. So because depression is such a large part of PTSD, I'd really recommend it's just a very simple blood test, and they can get the results in a couple of days to help guide you. Because in order to get sun um, the proper way, it only comes like fortified in milk, and you'd have to probably drink a million gallons to get the right levels. But anyway, so, and that would have its own health issues. But Anyhow, so there's been some pretty good information out there. So I'd like to just propose the information for you to take a look at and see if it applies to you because three quarters of people are a lot of people. And actually, the darker your pigmentation of your skin, black, Hispanic, whatever your pigmentation is, the darker it is, the more likely you are to be deficient in um, vitamin D3. So that brings up a pretty large percentage of people who could be, you know, I'm not saying it's going to end your depression, but it's good to always take a look at all the ways that you might be able to naturally eliminate some of the symptoms. So anyway, so moving right along, today I'm going to finish up with part five. And then I'd like to talk about the end, at the end, about some comments that I have. So let's just wrap up which she she gave some really good wrap-up information here. So let's start off. There was nothing at all about me in there. It was entirely all about him. And I was the tool he was using to achieve what he wanted. I don't even think he entertained the notion that he even loved me. He knew I had money and that I was a means to finance his move. I wish I had seen the manipulation clearly at that point, but I didn't. I did have a twinge in my gut, but I could not identify it and overrode it because I had committed myself. I wanted what he had promised when he got me to take him back, the real opportunity 
to build a reciprocal relationship together and the chance to recoup my prior emotional losses, as he had promised to show me that he had grown in therapy, dealt with his control issues, and learned to be a part of a mutual relationship. After what we had been through, our relationship could only grow stronger. If I only would trust him and let him prove it to me. He said a lot of flowery things like that. We made it through the tough part. And unfortunately, I would hear the same line again years down the road. All it had become was a struggle on my part to institute damage control and self-protect myself as much as possible. And it was time for me to end it if this was the case. I was always missing information and I could never really trust him. What was going on or whether or not I had an accurate perception, I was in constant self-doubt. I went through it for a long time without giving up. Then there were periods where I could get real clarity and truly see him for what he is. While years is a lot to have invested, try and picture the worst case scenario as you weigh out whether or not it makes sense sense to you to risk the rest of your present and future hoping that things might stay manageable with no propensity for guilt no consciousness psychopaths form insecure attachments based on their own need gratification and there is nothing holding them back from doing as they please when they decide what they please and will violate any social obligations they appear to oblige for the present moment for any reason. If who you are with is truly a psychopath, you've invested your trust in what amounts to little more than an illusion, and the risk should be weighed. So, that was a pretty interesting ending there. Um, And people ask me through email and whatnot is if it was unusual for a relationship to go on for this many years. And to that, I would say, I, you know, there's no studies as far as the average amount of time people spend in relationships with psychopaths, but it really could gauge when you hear her story and the different maneuvers. And he was clearly learning as he was going along how, what the tricks were to keep drawing her back in making her feel like the relationship was all her responsibility. And if only she could just do a little bit more. So you can start to see how she even talked about having this twinge in her gut. And so this is the thing, is that the more present we are in the present moment, the our, our increased ability to hear that voice in our gut really, really goes into... Um, a period that you can really start to hear what's going on in your inner self. And by that, I mean, take some time to be silent. And by that, I mean, turn off the outside noise, turn off your phone, and just commit to yourself to maybe spend a minute in silence every day. And when you see yourself start to reel off in a hundred directions, just bring yourself back to your present moment and that breath. Because over the years, everybody pretty much has said that they brushed aside those red flags. And the psychopaths themselves in my book that I interviewed even talk about how they brush aside those red flags and how they keep the deal moving forward to benefit them 
One thing I do hear a lot about from people is not only the number of years, but the amount of time that they invest in these relationships and how often this person can come back into their life. So it's not unusual that these relationships can take a really long time. And I think that if we could work together, if we could only learn to take a realistic look at things and start the healing process, that's the only way we're going to move forward from all of this craziness because it didn't happen overnight. So once we figure out what we're dealing with, a natural reaction is, oh my goodness, I've got to fix this and I've got to fix it now. Well, remember several things, um, like the teller in this story, is that when you're already dealing with PTSD, your ability to process new information is not going to be um, like it normally would be. So when you're looking at these things and trying to analyze your own situation, keep in mind that you're coming from a point of uh, PTSD. A lot of depression is probably involved in the scenario. And so it, it can really make things complicated. So, And also when you try to talk to other people about it, they just can't get why you're not getting it quicker because they can see it more clearly. But they have the benefit of not having their brain numbed in circles for a million times over. So it's easier for them to see it, which can make it more confusing for you because it's like, well, everybody else can see it. Why can't I? But always remember, you're dealing with a handicap to start with in that the PTSD and depression needs to be dealt with. Because until you can start to get some sort of clarity, yes, years will go on because they do tend to reenact with victims that they have been with in the past. So and it is highly likely that a victim to one psychopath will re-engage with another one. So there is a process that goes on. And so all these conversations bring up some always new things to think about. Because somebody asked the question, well, what about the people who go along with these psychopaths? In this case, it was this guy's mother. But yeah, that brings up a really interesting conversation, which I think we'll address in the next podcast, because there's a lot of people that get ensnared into psychopaths things. So the question is, are they willingly helping this person um, conduct themselves in a manner that can only bring evil? Or are they innocent bystanders too? Or are they possibly other psychopaths? So I can start to see... It's interesting when I get these questions because it's almost like my brain goes into whirling mode, digging back through the trenches to see, remember what's been said in the past and what was observed about it. And yeah, so I think it might be three things. It might be that there are people, psychopaths need people to help them abuse other people, okay? So those people could probably be, I'm just thinking out loud here, other psychopaths, or they could be unwitting victims themselves or they could have their own issues. I mean, it could be a combination of things. And I would like to hope that the majority of people helping psychopaths are doing so inadvertently, but we'll have to get more into that conversation to start to peel back. Um, how do they, you know, they can't pull off these big schemes and things on their own. They usually need some sort of accomplices. So who are those accomplices and are they... Anybody that can be relied upon or should be blamed. So we'll take a look at that because I remember that 
the psychopath that I was involved with actually was able to get the her boss fired. That didn't bring me any joy because um, I saw him as an unwitting victim. I didn't see him as anybody who was evil or had anything. So we need to kind of peel back. Who are these people that go along? Uh, are they going along to get along? Are they going along because they're afraid? Do they not know how to do better? Were they, are they caught up into this thing and they just are so convinced that the psychopath has them so worked up that they're so convinced that that's the only story that's the right story. So I think it would be good to take a look at who these other accomplices are. Because in any situation, there's going to be a lot of them. And there's going to be accomplices who will be anti along the way. And that's a tough crowd too, because if somebody along the way says, oh yeah, I, I knew how that person was when I first met him, then their next position can move into, well, I saw it right away. Why didn't you? So so anyway, so all these people around that are part of this whole air quote relationship, all of them are playing a role. So we need to kind of peel back. What role are they playing? Is it with gusto and abandon? Wickedness? Evil? Or are they just ensnared in something themselves that they really don't know how to deal with? So anyway, so that'll be about it for now. And I look forward to your emails and I have some new stories coming up. And yeah, check out the links down below as far as the vitamin D3 and any way you can help the show is much greatly appreciated. And I will look forward to chatting with you next week about these other people. Goodbye for now. Be safe out there. (music) 